On today's episode of the Faithful Servant Podcast, we're going to dive into creating a culture with your employees and your customers, creating that family atmosphere. Welcome to The Faithful Servant, a podcast reaching you in the midst of your battles, where you can find hope, joy, wisdom, and healing. My name is Eric Howland, and at the end of the day, my hope is that I can hear the words, well done, my faithful servant. So last episode, we kind of touch base on, you know, making sure that we surround ourselves with good people. So when you think back on hiring, like you talked about hiring Nancy as kind of your accountant, your bookkeeper to manage your money. When, when you think about all the employees that you had to hire, uh, what were the, I guess, challenges back then facing you to hire people and quality people, in fact? Um, you know, as I look back on the ones that I got, uh, once we started being successful um, with these tire stores and wholesale, we had people, and one of them in particular, he, he was working for Firestone up in Huron, South Dakota, and he said, boy, could you be, build a store for me down there? And we end. Uh, that was the beginning of uh, Glenwood, uh, Glenwood Firestone. And um, so really a couple of them came this way from Firestone. So they, they in essence, heard of the success that Country Tire was having and that success attracted them. Yeah. Okay. Um, when, you th- when you think of the how do you keep how do you keep those employees because you know you had a collective staff that stayed with you for many years yeah for probably two or three of them over 35 years so how do you keep those well um you usually uh you treat them like family uh i know eric you've heard me say that number of times and you put it in your new logo on country tire and i see it every day and when i'm in the showroom you know uh for the customers but for the employees it's the same thing you treat them like family and um, they all were on a uh, i'll never do a commission program where it's how much you sell a particular customer or something like that but I had most of them on a type of a commission that uh, if they put in the the work, there's a nice uh, nest egg at the end of the tunnel. Okay. So um, when you think of treating people like family, what does that actually look like to you? Because it, to, to anyone else, I mean, that could be a range of treatments, right? Yeah. And how you treat people. So in in your own words, what does treating someone like a family member look like? Well, let me give you an example. Um, we had a, a someone that just did automotive work in town, but he bought tires from us, and um, he sent a customer of his over to me 
And she walked in the door, and Eric, this is before you remember when we had tires right at the front door, and I sat right there to wait on that customer, the first person to see him before they got in the service department. And I said, you know, you look just like my mother. How about if I just treat you just like my mother? And I saw the relief on her face. She'd never bought tires. Her husband had died. So I don't know if you remember this, but about two or three months later, we were walking uh, out of the Pizza Hut, and she was walking in with her, her family, and she said, hi, son. I said, hi, mom. So, you know, she was a customer forever, but she told a lot of people and word of mouth, you can't spend enough money for what word of mouth is. So the there's a level of trust that once you made that comment to her, that she felt that this is someone I could trust. Right. So when you're looking at employees, I think one of the things that, you know, uh, having run Country Tire for the last decade or so, is that level of trust you have to have with your employees is immeasurable. It's, it's something that will make or break a business, is if you don't have that trust that they are going to do what's best for the company and the customer, it's, it's not gonna work. Right. Um, so when, when you think of those times then of, is it hard to balance discipline and treating them like family? I don't think so. Once it becomes second nature to you, it's gonna you're gonna keep taking care of those customers and uh, begin to know them by first name when they walk in. And I've been out in the shop many a time, and someone will see me, and it's the son of someone that used to do business with me. So how about though on the employee side, not the customer side? But when you think about the treating of the employees from a, the aspect of a business owner, how do you focus on keeping that family relationship while needing to discipline? Because I think in today's world, there, there's a kind of a fine line of, you know, we wanna respect our employees, we wanna treat them well, but we also want to discipline them in a way that you know encourages them to go on the vision of the company. Yeah. And your vision for Country Tire has always been we want to treat the customer like our family. Yes. Um. So how do we how do we get those those employees to focus on that vision? Well, looking for a job and looking for work are two different things. And I've asked people, you just want a job and fill out an application because so you can draw your unemployment or do you really want to work? Not a job, it's gonna be a job, but you work. And then I know you can't talk about this like we used to, uh, religion, but uh, 
I've been a Methodist all my life. I had a, a Catholic store manager. <laughs> I had, you know, there were people. Uh, I can remember you interviewing a young man that came in, and he was a Seventh-day Adventist. We didn't know it at the time, but he was the only person that came in dressed to be a tire buster, but he had a, a tie on, and you said you didn't have to, he said, uh, wear a tie, but he said, well, I really, I'm a hard worker, and I really need the job. Yeah, it, it, that was without a doubt one of my favorite interviews. This ki young kid at the time has never turned a wrench before. Uh, and he shows up in an interview in a full suit and tie, and I'm like, you understand what you're applying for is to bust tires, yeah. to do oil changes, you know, and that's going to be your job. And so, you know, I appreciated the value that he put on the interview process, and it, you know, that alone made me give him that chance to see if this would work. And here we are, I mean, I think we're pushing on maybe nine years now with him, mm -hmm. and he's now doing alignments, he's doing breaks. Right. You know, he has moved on from just doing oil changes and flat repairs. Uh, and those are, you know, the things that I look back on in the same aspect is, I've looked at all the employees in an aspect of, when I'm interviewing them is, is this person going to fit into the culture of who we are? Mm -hmm. Because I think that's the most important aspect when we are hiring people is, are they fitting the culture? And that's where it makes a huge difference in the vision of the company moving forward is making sure that all those employees are, are looking at that that vision and stay on course. Yeah. And I think you did a great job for years. Uh, like you said, you had many employees that were 25 years or plus, even some that were 35 years, mm -hmm. you know, so that, that is a huge testament of, you know, taking care of employees and it's not easy no. because each one of them has different personalities. Right. Um, when you think back, if the, is there one employee that stands out? You mean besides you? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you you have been uh, before you you became general manager, and, and even you had a, a unbelievable way of relating to customers. And I had you out on a territory and uh, I didn't, couldn't believe the sales. So we gave you a few uh, people to call on and next thing I knew, you'd done a quarter million dollars the first year. I actually, if, if I remember back to the previous episode, you, you're, uh, you grew your business the first year a half a million. Yeah. And then your second year, you grew a million. Yeah. Um, that first year for me uh, was in the height of the farm, you know, economy yeah. boom, yeah. and it it really was easy to sell farm tires at that time. Uh, my second year, if I remember correctly, I did one point five million. 
Okay. There you um, so, I mean, it, it was calling on new accounts, and I enjoyed it. And it's, it's the aspect of interacting with people and meeting them at their level yeah. and, and what their needs are. And I think that's one thing that when I look back of what you taught me on how to run a business is it's identifying the needs of a customer. And their biggest need is they need to be like told the truth. They need to find people that they trust. And I think that's the thing that I've tried to always pass on to the next generation of country tire employees is that we want to be known for the people as people that they can come to and trust that when we say this is wrong with your vehicle, this is what is actually wrong with your vehicle. And they don't have to worry about, well, is he trying to sell me a bill of goods? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, treating those employees as family has gone a long way and it will pay dividends long-term to make sure that you have a business that can withstand a lot of issues. One of your th things is knowledgeable too, Eric. People like to buy from knowledgeable people, people that understand the automobile. Uh, I, I don't mind saying it, but I've never changed the oil on my own car, you know. I count on people to do it. I could do it if I had to, but uh, you have to have knowledgeable people and that can explain it to them in a certain way that makes them feel comfortable of what needs to be done. And I can't tell you how many comebacks from car dealerships that we have solved the problem for them. And that's only because of the master techs that actually you've hired later. But I, I got a lot of mine right from Firestone stores, people I'd known from years. Now, I want to take this episode, and we're going to just kind of do a quick change of course, but still stay on the topic of family. Uh, working with family... Uh, we've now worked together since 2004, um, kind of on an equal playing field since 2009. Would you recommend it to anyone? Oh, absolutely. I, you know, uh, I can remember when you first worked for me, you know, you were 16 years old and someone asked you, me to Brandis. Well, you gonna work for your dad someday? Now, I, I know the exact answer. I said, no, I'm gonna sell it. Yes. <laughs> uh, I had no passion whatsoever to be in this business whatsoever at that young age. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do remember that conversation vividly. And I remember you calling home from college and you said, what do you think, you talked to your mother and said, what do you think about if I went into the ministry instead of go, uh, coming back and working for you? And she said, I guess you're gonna have to ask him. 
and you did, and I supported you in that. And then when it was time for you to change that, I, you asked if we had a place, and I said, you always had a place, Eric, because you have been unbelievable of handling people. And that's one of the things I said, the people and money. And you've been unbelievable with the money end of it too. And I'm telling these people that are just starting in business, you have to be able to handle those two things in its entirety. Well, I appreciate the kind words. And I, you know, I, I, I would say from my perspective on working with family, it's, it has its benefits and they outweigh any negative. Uh, there are going to be challenges. There's no question about it uh, because there's always a different thought process on how to do things. Mm -hmm. And that's going to not only challenge the relationship between a father-son or any family member, but it also challenges those relationships with the employees as well yes. too. And I know we, uh, we've had to experience some of that too in the directional change of country tire. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, when we look back on 2000, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, those were some very difficult years for us. Yep. And one of the things I remember in 2014 was coming to you and talking to you about an actual change in the company. Mm -hmm. uh, we were a tire company. I, that's what people knew country tire for was, yeah. you know, if you need tires, that's where you go. Uh, but that wasn't helping us long-term. Okay. And so uh, I approached you and said, we, we have to change course. Mm -hmm. Did you have hesitation? Um, no, because one of the, uh, I know that you, when you started that, uh, the change, it was, Country Tire was the only name that we had in Blair because that was our wholesale and that was our store. But I had the idea of putting the name of the town with the product we sold, which at that time was all Firestone. And it was Harlan Firestone and Red Oak Firestone. And Johnson Tire is one in Shenandoah because Bob Johnson was a pillar of that community. And so when I bought that store, I didn't want to change the name and I got rights to keep it. But you changing it to Country Tire at all the locations, that was a, a big step. Uh, and then changing the logos, that was, I know that was uh, tough for you to present to me, but you were absolutely right. By doing the country tire and the spreading of that word uh, was much better. And the designs, I still like the, the one sign in that you got in all the waiting rooms about the different things. You have a lot of places to go and we're glad you chose us, and welcome to the family. So anyway, that's that was a great change. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I, I mean, as a son, second generation, I, I know all the statistics about how the second generation is always the generation that uh, makes or breaks a family business. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can s- sustain during that second generation, uh, that family business has a long road ahead. And, you know, it was taking a chance and a risk of having to change the identity and the culture of Country Tire. Uh, and, you know, I think the biggest thing for me was I had to have that confidence that this was the right move and hopefully present that to you in a way that you got on board with it. Uh, and, you know, it was moving from a tire company to being an automotive repair company. And that meant, you know, having to get new employees too. And I I will never forget that first conversation I had with you when we went to hire our first master tech, Clarence Holstey, and I told you we had to be at $20 an hour to hire this person. And I mean, I I don't think you really um, could see why we would ever pay someone that kind of money. That was over 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, you know, when we look back at it, those changes that we made is what has us here today in 2023. So, you know, a decade later, uh, we've made some drastic changes, but they've lasted us. Uh, So wrapping this up, The, the advice that you could give someone um, when they think about having value systems of running a business, if you don't have a strong value system, it, it's going to be hard to run a business because you're going to have to change. Circumstances come and they go, right? Right. It's your value system that makes sure that you don't change with every circumstance. Right. What's your, what's those two or three values that you would tell other business owners? I guess number one, if uh, you tell a customer that uh, this is what we're gonna do, then you need to do that. And if that fails, then Maybe it's up to you to correct that and do it, but you have to make sure that customer keeps coming back. And right now, Eric, I don't even, you don't know the statistic, but um, I live, you know, in Omaha now, and I've got friends in the area, apartments that I live in, and I brought, I just talked to them, you know, and tell them you'll like it when you go to Country Tire. And I don't know if you know it, but the the manager of the come and go spent over $7,000 with us. And she says, I just love that place, she told me the other day. that We're not going anywhere else. And she's moved to Omaha now, but they have a trailer that's parked out there, new tires on it, and we'd solved some problems for her. But anyway, I... You just have to uh, hire the people that can do the work and then 
like the sign says, uh, give them the, it starts with them. You can't make the decisions up the top of the pyramid. You have to turn the pyramid over and on the front line, those are the people talking to the customers, they have to, they have to make that decision. And that's what I've told them, you can't do it all. So. Well, thank you for joining us and I'm gonna end with this. Um, integrity. Uh, integrity matters when you're running a business and it makes that, those conversations with customers uh, with your employees, it, it, it makes those conversations happen and long-lasting into relationships. Uh, so you out there, uh, live on your word, make your yes a yes, and when you fail, fall short of it, it's up to you to fix it and make it right.